Did you know Super Awesome Mix has an app? Go to the Apple App Store today and download Super Awesome Mix. It's free. You could start creating and sending your own digital mixtapes in just a few clicks. Also, there's links to our Instagram account and a link where you can follow your favorite podcast. Speaking of which... Welcome back to another super awesome mix. My name is Matt Sidholm, alongside my co-host and co-founder of Super Awesome Mix, Samer Abu Salbi. Samer, how are we doing today? I am doing real well. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when I mentioned uh, when we asked for reviews, actually, and I mentioned that if we get a five-star review, I have like a really good week that week. Yeah, that's right. It does affect well, your mood quite a bit. <laughs> it really does. I just need, I need the <laughs> the acknowledgement. Um, well, good news, good news. We got a five-star review. Oh, thank um, goodness. Thank goodness. And I'm just, I'm so pleased to read it. Uh, shout out to LitEnt757. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave us a review. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read it out. So she, or he, or they said, my fave pastime. Tracks on a mixtape hit diff. I started making mixes at nine years old at, on Just For Me cassettes. I just love the craft of it, matching tones and themes. It's fun. My only complaint is that the songs don't play in the background of the episodes. Da, da, da. I guess copyright issues. Boo. Totally agree. It is those pesky <laughs> copyright issues. <laughs> we wish we could play the music too. But hey, you know, maybe, you know, maybe support us on Patreon. Maybe like, I don't know, a hundred grand a month. That should, that should get us licensing fees. <laughs> That should cover all the royalties that we'd have to pay, I, I think. Yeah. I would think so. But yes, yeah. thank you again to um, to that user for or that listener for leaving us a review. We really appreciate it. If you haven't left a review yet, uh, we would love to hear from you. And and again, four and five stars. You know, just keep me happy. Why there not? you go. Yeah, let's keep <laughs> Sam in a great mood week to week. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of great reviews, our guest today has had a number of great reviews. He is a Texas native a graduate of West Texas A&M, and he still lives in West Texas. Uh, he has written multiple young adult novels, including Paladuro, which upon its release in 2020 was number one on Amazon among young adult novels, and it was nominated for a young adult book of the year. Now, his most recent book is what's most relevant to our show here. It, the title is Mixtape for the End of the World, uh, Samer and I both read it, and and we loved it, and so we're so excited to welcome to the show Andrew Brandt. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the time. Uh, I, I'm so excited to get to talk about not only my novel, but because the book is set in 1999. Uh, like you said, it's it's. Uh, I mean, this is all what what the book is all about. You know, making mixtapes and and discovering music and falling in love and all that stuff. It was so much fun to read. Um, so Matt read it first, and then I got a copy and read it. And I mean, I, I just inhaled it, and it was so nostalgic and fun. 1999 was just like a magical year, I think. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there's some real truth to that. I think I think 99 going into 2000 was, I mean, we we were still youthful, not just us, but as a, as a nation. Um, there was still some innocence. I was thinking about. Because uh, 9-11, the, the, the uh, anniversary of 9-11 was just this, this last weekend. I was thinking a lot about that and how we were still so innocent in that moment when that first plane hit. There was no thought of terrorism. All the news reports were, oh my gosh, this terrible accident has occurred. It never crossed our minds that we were under attack. 
Right. And and that that feeling of of innocence and the nostalgia of that time period is something I really wanted to distill into a story about music. Yeah, and at the time, and I've told people about this before, and I think you capture it really well in the book, there was a real serious panic over what was going to happen when the clock turned over to the year 2000. And it sounds almost silly when I describe it to younger people now because they're like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, look, we just didn't know. The, the programs weren't written. We didn't think we'd ever get to this point, I guess, in time. But uh, yeah, I, I think you do a really good job of capturing that there was the, the anxiety that sort of existed in society. And I, and I wish that was our biggest problem now. Yeah, yes. you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> As a as a programmer myself, I can tell you timestamp issues are real. But let's um let's jump into <laughs> let's jump into the mix here. Um, you kick us off with um, well, actually, why don't you tell us about how this mix was, was made before we jump in? Give sure. So, without giving any any anything away from the novel, I don't want to give away any spoilers. Uh, I mean, the title is mixtape for the end of the world. So we are talking about a mixtape. We are talking about the end of the world. We're talking about Y two K. The book's set in 1999, and, and yeah, so it all, I mean, it's all about finding yourself. It's a coming-of-age story set when are you going to live through this world-changing event, or is this world-changing event actually going to happen? And so we are dealing with a mixtape, and and the first song on the, tra- uh, on the tape is called uh, Tremble for My Beloved by my favorite band, Collective Soul. They were my favorite band growing up. I think they're criminally underrated. Um, thank God for Stephanie Meyer who brought them back into the forefront in 2008 with Twilight because without her they would still be criminally underrated Uh, the first track yes Tremble for My Beloved by Collective Soul is the track that in the book the band plays at the high school talent show yeah this is I, I agree with you you know I, you know, Collective Soul is probably best known for the song Shine I think that's mm-hmm. probably their biggest hit but yeah, you listen to this, and I think this is such a better rock song, and just the, the guitar on this, and I could see, you know, in the book, that's a real, obviously, a big moment, uh, the talent show, and um, I, I think this song with the guitars, the way it works, I mean, that'd be a really cool song for, like, a high school kid to learn to play. Yep. I um, I love Collective Soul. I completely agree with you. Really underrated. Uh, the track that I listen to almost on a weekly basis, even before this mix came into my life. Uh, is December. I love their track December. Um, oh yeah, that's a really good one. Um, not to not to get us off track, but uh, no pun intended there. But <laughs> in December, um, the the orchestral arrangement, the way they recorded that, they they uh, Ed Roland, the lead singer and composer for Collective Soul, composed that track, the the orchestral track backwards. And then had the orchestra play it and then reverse the track. So it sounds like it's going forward, but if you actually listen to the instruments, the instruments are playing backwards. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. It's really interesting. One of those little awesome. musical nuggets that I keep stored in my head. <laughs> those <laughs> are great. Brilliant. I love that. I love yep. that. Um, yeah, so that's a great start to the mix right there. And, and obviously, you know, it coincides with a big moment in the book. Now, track two, you go with Bush and the Chemicals Between Us. Right, and and this this entire mix, this mixtape, is made by one of the characters in the book. This is the actual mixtape for the end of the world. And so these are songs that are not necessarily picked by me, but I had to think about songs that are picked by this specific character and what she wants to convey. 
and there's a lot of push-pull, a little bit of high school romance here, and I couldn't think of a better title, a better song than The Chemicals Between Us. Yeah, this is a good one. I, I you know, re- reading up on this, you know, it seems like it was really written as a song about miscommunication, which, yeah. you know, again, you know, once our once our listeners out there get a hold of the book, they'll kind of understand how I think it fits even better once I learned that because I was like, yeah, that really works. Because I think instinctively you would think the chemicals between us is maybe about some sort of, you know, drug problem or alcohol problem, something like that, you know, but the chemicals here really is the, the lack of communication or the miscommunication between yeah. a couple of people. Yeah. Yes. And that is, um, I was going to say, well, that's like, it's really pronounced in high school relationships. It might remain in some relationships as you get older, unfortunately, but... <laughs> I think that's pretty universal. I don't know if that's yes. exclusive to high school. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. When you're 16 years old and those endorphins are running high every time a girl looks at you the right way, man, I've been chasing that high for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, let's go on to track three. Um, another song, I mean, so many of these songs I listen to just on a weekly basis. This is one of them. You've got Incubus's Stellar from the album Make Yourself. Just an amazing album. So tell us an about amazing this album. Making... Yeah, and, you know, putting this mix together, I had to think about the popular songs um, that would convey emotion during this time period, 1999. And that first, uh, that first line from this song, man, Meet Me in Outer Space uh captures it right there yeah i have just always loved how incubus sounds like i just it's kind of like a hard rock but there's like this softness to it as well like there's like this kind of just like emotional feel that comes through i think through through the vocals but then also just even the way that the instruments kind of move between like a hard rock sound and then kind of like a softer one so this was always on in, in a car um for me is like one of my permanent my own permanent car mixtapes um yeah because you could just like crank this at night drive windows down texas and austin especially is really good for that a lot of hillsides to drive through um and just have all the feels so a uh, great pick <laughs> yeah and incubus you're right is one of those bands if i think the show had been canceled by by the time they came around but if MTV Unplugged had existed when Incubus was big, I feel like they would have made a great yeah. MTV Unplugged guest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, good stuff. So next up, um, we go to You're a God by Vertical Horizon. Now, Vertical Horizon, best known um, for Everything You Want. I think that was their big hit yeah. in the 90s. But then I came across this one. It was funny with a lot of these. I don't think I knew the title, but then when the song started playing, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this one. So, yeah, this one yeah. started playing, and I was like, oh, this was their other song. That's right. And and what's so funny is this song, um, and the next one on the mix is Tal Bachman, She's So High, that I always thought was a Vertical Horizon song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, they both kind of cover the same idea, right? They I mean, do. Mathematically. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Th- thematically, they're kind of the same. And again, I'm, I'm thinking about a high school girl putting this track, this, this track list together, putting this mixtape together for this boy who she may or may not have feelings for. And in what kind of songs would convey that she understands the way he looks at her? Right. Yes. I like that. Yeah, this is... um. This is one that also I listen to. <laughs> I'm just going to say that for all of these, pretty much. 
But yeah, I mean, I I think the other thing that you can do in high school, especially with you know, you throw in all the all the endorphins and all the other hormones and everything, is that you you can put people on pedestals and you can just kind yeah. of like look at this person and be like, oh my god, like they are the answer to all of my problems. If I could just yeah. you know be with them, like everything will be better. Um, and this song definitely, I mean, in the title, you're a god. That's it's a pretty yeah. big statement to make about someone. Yep. <laughs> well, and think about socially too. You know, in the high school setting. And this goes all the way back to, you know, any number of John Hughes movies in the 80s. But there's always, you know, the most popular girl amongst the popular kids. Right. And that was always the girl that was just, you know, Molly Ringwald or whoever. (laughs) And it was just (laughs) that that person that was just sort of elevated um, to that higher status. So, yeah, this song captures that perfectly. This book, Mixtape for the End of the World, is actually, I mean, it's distilled. It's completely reminiscent of those old john hughes movies that you're just talking about but also you know the movies that i watched um as i came into age you know the 15 16 years old you know the uh, the jennifer love hewitt you know high school movies all that stuff you know yeah. it's you know this is all kind of distilled into into this story i love that i can definitely see that um we just talked about it you know a little bit but track five again uh same theme of of tal bachman or same theme of, of putting someone on a pedestal you yep. mentioned it tal bachman she's so high this song especially um i have a pretty <laughs> i have a memory with this one playing it and like really feeling the lyrics myself there was uh, i was in seventh grade there was an eighth grade girl that i liked and had a huge crush on and and again it's like i just remember mowing the lawn listening to this song uh i had a really <laughs> early gen mp3 player it only stored like 12 songs <laughs> yeah. um and i remember just listening to it and being like oh my gosh she's so cool like yeah. <laughs> she and and i felt yeah i felt like she wouldn't why would you ever pay attention to me i'm like a seventh grade geek you know and like she's like this really beautiful eighth grader like wow she's so much older than me <laughs> <laughs> So I loved that this song, I mean, it brought back all of those emotions. Um, you know, it's it's a perfect time capsule song. And Sam, now you're a geek with a podcast. So, I mean, look look how far. I think she'd be impressed at this point. I would hope so. <laughs> Funny enough, I think uh, I, I'm LinkedIn with her. I have a LinkedIn with her. I think she's like a PhD scientist doing some like biomedical God, research. of course, right? right. Like, <laughs> I was really hoping you'd be like, well, it turns out things didn't go well for her. But instead, it's like, well, no, she's still perfect. Nope. Huh? <laughs> I hope That's she awesome. hears this and I hope she. Oh goodness! Yeah, we. I hope really she. Do I hope she school. lays awake. I hope she lies awake at night and going, man. There was that seventh grade boy. He was, <laughs> he was so sweet and so cute. And she's like, I can almost hear his voice right now. And then she hits play <laughs> on this podcast. That's great. Yes, that's great. <laughs> All right, and she would probably be feeling some of the emotions of this next song, which is track six, "Hey Jealousy," the first big hit by the Gin Blossoms. That's right, and this this closes out uh, side A of the mixtape. We're divided up six and six, uh, and Gin Blossoms was you know they had that this one big hit in the '90s, and uh, and and it just it reminds me so much of those you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old, uh, sixteen you know that, that time period for me, and and it just it feels good to listen to. Um, it's got this rhythm it's got this melody to it that like you were saying sam or you can roll the windows down and and crank it up and it just it just hits you you know it's not it's not too heavy yeah no it's a really good one i 
I had listened to this one as well, uh, not as much as some of the other ones. So this was kind of a fun one to be reminded of um, on this mix. Um, but Gin Blossoms, yeah, they got a great song. This is from 92. A lot of these other ones were from 99. So, um, you know, this was, let's say, like in putting myself in the character's mind and a little bit of a deep cut for them, right? Like it was like jumping back several years yeah. up to when they would be much younger to, to bring this up. But yeah, I mean, it's still, I feel like people still know this song even today. So it, it has lasted the test of time for sure. Yeah, Sam, you describe it. You describe it as a deep cut. But I was going to say I was in high school when this came out, so I was like, "Oh, this is great. This is very, <laughs> this is very reminiscent for me." Yes. Uh, more so than than '99. But but yeah, no, I I love this song, and and you know, it was the Gin Blossoms really their first big hit, but still very listenable today, and still gets a lot of radio play. You know, when when putting the book together and putting this mix together, I really had to. There were so many songs, even because the book takes place in the last four months of 99, I couldn't I couldn't really, you know, early in the book or early in this mix, I couldn't really add a song that came out later in 99. Um, I had to really pay attention to the time period. It's almost the point, it's so funny, I mean, we're only 20 years out, but I was writing historical fiction. Right. And, there was so right. much, yeah. and there was so much research involved in that that I wasn't anticipating in the beginning, but needed to do just for the authenticity of this. I love that. And yeah, that was impressive in that when you, you made a lot of references to different technology. And yep. it was very, I thought it was pretty accurate, you know, based on, because I was graduating college in 99. But yeah, just about that time, I was like, yep, that, that's about right. There was nothing in there that I was like, hmm, wait a minute, did that exist yet? So I think yeah. you did a good job of that. But that w- would be tricky for that. In yeah. fact, you did such a good job that I remember talking to Matt about this mix um, in one of our just sync calls. And I was like, it is really evident to me that he's around my age because there are some, again, deep cut references that like you would only know if you lived it and did it. Like the uh, like recording playlist and Winamp. I was like, oh my God, Winamp. I loved Winamp. <laughs> yes, Winamp. It really kicks the llama's ass. Yes. Oh my God. Um, but yes, we could probably do an entire episode in the year 1999. What a great year for music and, and just technology. But let's jump into um, track seven here. First side of the B-side, as you just said. First track of the B-side. Um, a song and a band that I did not know, actually. So this was a pretty cool introduction to me. Uh, the Juliana Theory. This is not a love song. Yep. I included the Juliana Theory for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, I love the Juliana Theory. Uh, I've loved the Juliana Theory since high school. Um, they're back on tour now. They have a new album out. It's fantastic. But this track in particular was added into the story and added to this mix um, because it signifies the evolution of listening to music specifically on the radio and discovering music from the radio to discovering music on the internet. And we did that in you know starting in 99 with Napster, where this entire catalog of artists that we may have never heard of or never got any radio play all of a sudden were available to you just at a click away and at the time in 99 it was a click in 20 minutes to download it but right you know it was it was there <laughs> that that's a great point about that evolution we we had a guest uh mark jennings of subculture was on uh with us previously and you know he grew up in the uk and introduced us to all this like Brit pop that was of the same yeah. era uh, of a lot of the music we're talking about today. 
but I told him, I said, you know, when I was in high school and college, if it wasn't really on the radio or you didn't know somebody who maybe brought it back to the States, there yep. was no way of knowing it. So you're right. That was yeah. a, a pretty seminal moment to, to make that switch that all this music was available to people. And it's so funny you say that because, I, I mean, I remember being a freshman, sophomore in high school and, and finding Travis and Doves and Star Sailor and all this British music that never heard of here in the States. And it was fantastic. You know, Coldplay. I remember downloading Yellow by Coldplay in probably 2001. I mean, this yeah. is really early. Yeah. And going, they're going to be huge. Yeah. This is going to be huge. I remember telling all my friends, like, this band, y'all got to listen to this. This is going to be huge. <laughs> I was right. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, you were definitely right. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Track eight. You go to "Save Me" by Hanson, and yes. I, I when I saw this on the list, I was like, I feel like we're destined on this show to have one of the Hanson brothers on because we really I are. I kind of called them a one hit wonder, but this is now the third appearance of a song from Hanson on, on somebody's yep. mixtape throughout this. And, so, yes, and a, a different song every A time. different song, yeah. Three different yep. Hanson songs, none of them being mbop. So I'm like, I feel like there's this intersection happening where, where we're going to get somebody from Hanson on the show at some point. Man, but but let, talk about let, Hanson. Let me tell you, uh, we were talking about criminally underrated. Uh, Hanson is unfortunately boxed into that one-hit wonder yeah. box. Um, yes. They are fantastic musicians fantastic vocalists their harmonies are i mean it's something you hear from you know the jackson five back in the 70s and 80s it's not really prevalent anymore uh they're incredible musicians incredible songwriters and they're just all around good dudes i mean there's a reason like you don't hear i mean they were young and celebrity and uber famous and you've never heard anything about you know drunken fights or or getting thrown in jail or yeah. drug abuse or anything like i mean they're all family guys and they all have kids and wives and and they just play music now and this album came out in uh this album actually came out in 2000 but the first singles were released in 99 um their right. second their second album this time around and uh and, and save me i feel like is the proto uh, "Dare You to Move" by Switchfoot. I mean, it's got mm. it's got that that soft uh, ballad uh, feel to it. It's got the guitar driven ballad. Um, had this song come out just a few years later, I think Hanson would have seen um, the kind of revival that that we've seen with like Penny and Me and their other albums post like two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even like I. I... Two things. One, we keep extolling the you know the talent of these guys. So hopefully you've been a convert. I certainly am. Um, I've gone back and, and learned a lot about them. Two, like even the opening tracks. Like to your point of, of you know they could release a song like this today and it'd be huge. Like I felt like I was listening to like an opening track of a Bruno Mars track. You know, like it just yeah. like it it just sounds so good for being like a you know late ninety nine early two thousand. But you're right. Like they you know they had their big pop hit and then that was it like they were forever just that pop band with umbop yeah. as their song and that's it's really unfortunate well in this album too um i mean just going back in time i think i think music critics and music listeners and just casual music people were expecting them to put out a second umbop album yep you know that first that that first album middle of nowhere had some kind of fun cutesy pop songs on it uh you know the 
uh, thinking of you and 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 uh, Mbop and you know where's the love? Yeah. And then the second album showed such a a, a leap in musicality. I mean, they're they're playing the blues on this album. They're playing um, some jazzy stuff that they were kind of pigeonholed after that. I mean, the music critics listen to this and like, no, no, this is not what you guys do. You guys are the cutesy pop band. You know, the three little kids <laughs> that's with the right, long hair. That's right. You are not I, this mature. <laughs> um, speaking of or continuing on the theme of, of bands that we've mentioned many times before as not one hit wonders um, New Radicals track 9 you get what you give yes uh, my my all time favorite New Radicals track actually of all their songs this is my one of my favorite ones yep yeah me too uh, I love the New Radicals I love this track specifically uh, I mean for some reason this song reminds me of just walking down the halls of my high school and had to, had to include it in the book and had to include it here. Yeah, this this showed up on our graduation mix because the story I told at the time was getting in my car after I finished my last final in college. And this song was like just starting right when I started whatever crappy car I was driving back then. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, and I love this song and I still listen to it now. The, the whole album, I've, I've gone on and on about it before, but a, a great pick. Uh, now, another song that has shown up on one of our mixes before shows up here, track 10, Father of Mine by Everclear. Yep. Yeah, this song uh, is included in the book, is included in this mix, um, because we're, we're dealing with absent fathers uh, in the story. You know, there's there's two characters, Derek and Haley, in this book, and Derek and Haley share this connection, this attraction, and they one of the things they do is they sit on top of the roof, and I mean, that's 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 the cover of the book, you know, the two of them sitting on the roof, and they listen to music, and they talk about life, God, death, family, all this stuff, um, everything that seems so heavy whenever you're 15, 16 years old, and and, and they come from two different lives. Uh, Haley has the quintessential American Pie, perfect m- middle-class life, you know, her, pa- her parents are together, and they work, and uh you know her parents own a business and and life is easy for her and and derek really you know he he tells her and he confides in her that like i've i've never met my biological father he left when i was four or five years old and i've never talked to him since and i have friends and had friends um who dealt with this uh me personally uh come from a, a family of divorce um and so it's it's really heavy it is, and I wanted to write that into this book uh, of these two diet, these two lives that are so separate but intersecting here in high school, and uh, yeah, father of mine is it perfectly encapsulated that at least for me. No, absolutely. Um, you know, it's amazing you mentioned that backstory because you know I included it <laughs> on the Father's Day mix, um, and I did that on purpose, obviously knowing that it's not it's not about a great father right like this is not a a song that celebrates like a a great dad um and and i said it then in that recording and i'll say it again here like it's it made me so grateful for having that you know in my life having like two parents that were at home taking care of me um and what a blessing that is compared to unfortunately like a lot of other kids who you know have an absent father absent mother and absent you know whoever it is caretaker um 
and other than that it's just it's just an amazing rock song like it's it's yeah. good it's ever you know, clear. like it's ever clear like you can you can just like crank it and be and scream along with it and be angry <laughs> if that's what you're feeling you can just head you know head rock if that's what you're feeling so it's a great track um all right let's round out here home stretch <laughs> oh this track makes me so happy you've got tonics you wanted more tell us about this one yeah, You Wanted More by Tonic is is not Tonic's best-known song. I think their best-known song is uh, uh, If You Could Only See The Way. You know that yeah. one? Yeah, there we go. But, Pretty good vocals <laughs> there. Wow. I know. We don't but need licensing. We, we just don't. gotta have you sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> I can pull the, uh, Andrew's become the thir- permanent third host of this show. He's just gonna sing. Yeah, I'll pull the guitar out real quick. No, um... Uh, this one, again, is reminds me of, of walking down high school hallways. It reminds me of being 15 years old and, and listening to Tonic and falling in love with every girl I ever met, you know, and I just had to include it. And plus, <laughs> thematically, um, this, song, this song is included in the novel at the end of the book, and... And things don't go the way that our characters maybe wanted them to. And that may be for the best. They don't know it at the time. But yeah, I mean, the song itself, it just says, you wanted more. And and I do think it fits really well with the characters in the book. Because a few of them, just at different times, express that sentiment. You know, the main character, Derek, like he he wants more than the, the small town that he's in. Yep. Right? And, and you get a lot of that from the book. So I, that's yep. a great choice. Um, So we're going to wrap things up very appropriately with Until the End of the World from U2. That song I knew from before I even set pen to paper in the first draft, that song was going to be in this book. That song was going to be, I had this vision in my head of two teenagers sitting on the roof watching New Year's Eve fireworks on 1999, wondering if the world was going to end and this song playing in the background like a movie. Yeah. And I knew, um, let me rewind a little bit. I've been trying to write this novel for 20 years. I started this book in high school, when I was still in high school myself. I, I played band in bands in high school, um, you know, garage bands. We played concerts, and we, and we did um, like Battle of the Bands type stuff. And I wanted to write a book about that. And... And even now, mixtape for the end of the world is ninety nine percent autobiographical. It's it's completely distilled from my own experiences playing in high school bands, playing in garage bands uh, during that time period. But uh, I could never crack it. I could never get the story right. And and for some reason, last year, I just had this epiphany that I was coming at it from the wrong direction. It wasn't my story that needed to be told. It was my best friend, Derek, and. And I talked to Derek, and we, we reconnected, and I told him about this idea, and, and I wrote the book in four months. Uh, at least the first draft was, I mean, f- first draft was a quick write. But wow. from the very beginning, the thing that made me, is it, like that thing, like it clicked in place. It's Derek's story, this happens, this happens. It's set in 1999. It's about Y2K, the end of the world, because we're dealing with the end of the world right now. Uh, it's nostalgic, but it's also like prescient right now. And... And I knew that this song and that scene, that's what clicked it. I mean, that was it. That's amazing. I love that. Um, 
And yes, it's absolutely still like has those. Uh, <laughs> we got another guest on that. <laughs> we had a new guest join the show. Yep. This is my baby daughter Ellie. She is 14 months old, and she uh, she's come into the writing office and wanted to come hang out for a bit. All right, I love that. Hi, Ellie. You're on a podcast. <laughs> say hi. She, she, sorry, she she doesn't say much. All good. All good. <laughs> Uh, she's now the youngest guest that we've ever had on our show. <laughs> that's, so right. that's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, this is a great pick. I mean, this, you know, looking at the lyrics and, and reading about it, uh, it tells a story about Judas and Jesus, but really it's a story about love. And so I also think that that's what makes this like such a great ending track here to this mixtape and, and to your story. Because ultimately, I mean, like many things in life, if not all things, it's a story about love. I'm going to give a little spoiler warning for the novel. If you haven't read it, what I want you to do is just push pause, spend the next six hours, go read the novel, come back and listen to this part. Uh, yes. I, I didn't want the world to end. Obviously, it didn't in 1999, but I thought it was almost ironic that we were all waiting for this, this moment to happen. And I thought about these two kids with this song playing until the end of the world. And the, and the fireworks go off, and the clock stri- strikes midnight, and it's 2000, and, and they share this kiss, right? I mean, it's this is the climax of the book, but then, like, nothing happens. And it's, well, I guess I'll see you at school. Like, it's, you know, we <laughs> go on with our lives. Right. I, I think when we make the movie, I think we, we roll the credits over the kiss, and then there's a yeah. post credit scene where they're just standing there, and they're like, well, so, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how we'll play that out. I think that's, that's right. perfect. No, that's so, great. Yeah, Matt, great. Matt and Sam, your job now is to find a producer who wants to option this as a film. <laughs> We're on it. We're good. Look no, this is, team. this is the second <laughs> film we've talked about. We talked about we got to do a 1999 music documentary, and yep. uh, now we got to option this book for for film. So so we're on it. We got a couple projects. Okay, <laughs> I like it. We will need even more Patreon supporters <laughs> to help us. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Probably a few more yeah. Patreon subscribers. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, well, Andrew, thank you so much for, for sharing uh, the actual mixtape for the end of the world yes. as referenced yes. in your book. So um, this book is definitely available on Amazon and I'm assuming just about anywhere else people can find books. Yeah. Yeah. It's published wide. Anywhere books are sold. It's available paperback, uh, Kindle, all ebook formats, um, audiobook. It's on Audible. Uh, yeah, buy it, listen to it. I mean, if you're our age-ish, I mean, it's it's definitely this nostalgic trip, but it's also, I mean, it's a high school love story, and I think those themes are universal, whether you're 35, 38, 14, you know. Yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, it's very age-appropriate, so if you, if you have a teenager that you'd like to kind of get to know that world and that time period uh it's a great book for them to read as well and you said six hours i mean i think it took me about two hours or so to read so it's (laughs) it's a quick read too and it's and it's a fun read so i think the the listeners out there will really enjoy it's a fun read and and for parents i mean this book i think it's really easy to get disillusioned with high school life in general this this book is not about high school drug use it's not about going to parties and, and drinking and making bad decisions. This is my actual high school experience, which like a lot of nerds, 
we didn't do that kind of stuff. We stayed at home with our friends and we played music and we listened to music and we talked about life and what we were going to do when we grew up. We were going to be rock stars. I mean, well, not... and and I like the fact that the I mean the main character is is a boy, and a lot of times you don't get the emotional side of a teenage boy, right? Yeah. Like a lot of times the story focuses on uh, the teenage girl, and I, I think it's important that that guys kind of get in touch with that. So I think that's also cool to hear this this boy sort of express some of those things that are going on in his head, and I think it would be very relatable uh, to yeah. kids of that age. So, but yeah, yeah. Great book. Definitely pick it up. Mixtape for the end of the world. Uh, and thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you again, Andrew, for taking your time. Um, thank you to your other guest for taking the time to make an appearance. <laughs> Real pleasure yes. having her on. Ellie, when you write your first book, you're going to come back on the show, okay? Um, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's another super awesome mix for us. And uh, you can check us out all over social media at Super Awesome Mix. And you can learn how you can bring a super awesome mix to your friends and events on our website, superawesomemix.com. Click on events. Um, But for Samer and Andrew, this is Matt, and we will see you next time with another super awesome mix. Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop DLMSupplyCo.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's DLMSupplyCo.com.